truck and hit the road Our land is our home I met this guy, uh, I would say about a year and a half back and uh, instantly clicked. Overall, good dude and extremely, I mean, so talented. You, if you listen to the podcast, you most likely follow his channel, Instagram, his builds, whatever he does. Um, and it's just always a good time when we are kicking it together. So if you don't know who I'm talking about and you haven't seen us been hanging out lately, it is my good buddy, George, George Fernandez. What's hey, up, dude? What's up, man? Thanks <laughs> well, for having me. Welcome on the podcast, dude. <laughs> Thank you. George Fernandez, but you are better known as? As Busted Be George. That is right, dude. All right, so I'm stoked to have you here, man. No, thanks for having me. Uh, I know we've been trying to make this happen for uh, quite some time now. I know, and, dude. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for making your schedule work with me. <laughs> your schedule, you're the busy guy, <laughs> um, dude. So, is this your first podcast? It is. Yeah. Are you, really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I was telling you on the way here. I'm like, man, I'm a little nervous. Like, you know, I'm on camera all the time. Uh huh. But it's just it's just a different world. But it's it's pretty cool. It's almost like radio. It feels like radio. Yeah. Where it's just, I mean, if you know what we look like and we've met, then it's it's easier to put a face to the name, but the personality just comes of like a conversation and stuff like that. Right, right, right. Um, so you are, I mean, I think realistically, George and I really, really connected. We connected at Expo last, this past Expo, Expo West. Yes. Yeah. We chilled. We like hung out almost every day. And uh, we just got to know each other a little bit more in terms of like our backgrounds, you know, why we're doing what we're doing. How did we get to the places that we're at now? Um, George does run a pretty successful online store and a successful YouTube channel. Um, He's self-taught. You did go to school for some audio engineering, right? I did, yeah. I went to uh, Citrus College for uh, audio engineering. Okay. Yeah, so. What does audio engineering really entail? Well, specifically, I went for just the, like, performing arts aspect of it. Okay. Uh, Recording um, symphony bands or, like, live um, performances. Okay. Um, And then I applied it to um, what I was doing at the time, which was playing drums and touring. Um, So that's basically my background and and why i went to school for okay so that was uh you go there they teach you when it when it comes down to audio engineering it's how to make the sounds better how to actually capture the essence of whatever is whatever you guys are recording right that's correct yeah okay so then you were at a you were in a band back then too Mm -hmm. damn see that's (laughs) that's the part where i i kind of was like so stoked on the story when you were telling me back in uh at in arizona yeah Cause you're going hard on like, dude, this is my music. And I, was like, <laughs> and I was like, and if you follow George's YouTube channel, uh, it's just bust to be George. No underscores, just one word. Yeah. You can find videos of this guy shredding on the drums <laughs> and you still play now. It's like obviously just a hobby slash like passion of yours, right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So Citrus College learned all the fundamentals. Absolutely. Like, did you love it or was it just something to do? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I loved, I still love it at the time, um, even, even now. Um, but at the time I was using that knowledge to apply it to what I was doing at the time. Okay. Um, 
And, uh, and I mean, now I don't really use what I learned. Okay. Uh, but I've definitely applied a lot of it to my channel now, which okay. is um, just mixing and making sure everything sounds good um, to the best of my ability. Okay. And how did you how did you land in the world of audio? Because you you're a creative guy overall. Like you love music. Yeah. Uh, now you love video. Mm-hmm. You take photos, mm-hmm. right? Um, you even designed some stuff recently. <laughs> but we'll get into that later. But okay. um, how did you end up saying, okay, Citrus College? I like I know this is gonna be my route where I love like fixing audio, becoming an engineer on the soundboards, all that stuff. Did you, something you just landed into? Well, you know, back in high school, it, it, it just, it's just the way it played out. Uh-huh. So back in high school, we would end up paying uh, producers or sound engineers to engineer and record our music. Uh-huh. So um, as a young broke kid mm-hmm. and... I, I mean, as yeah, pretty much as a young broke kid, I decided, hey, you know what, dude? Like, I'm just gonna invest my money uh-huh. and go to school. And instead of paying somebody to record my band, I'm gonna record it in house. So, sick. so I I would record out of my garage or my room and really? just drive my parents nuts. But we would get legit like sound, sound and production out of it. So you were you were actually bumping. Like your drums, bass, guitar in bedrooms. Yeah, dude, the neighbors <laughs> the, the neighbors hated me. Your dad must have hated you, but also loved you too for that. Yeah, and he's a musician too, so I think he understood the uh, the hustle and just the passion behind it. He's a musician. He is. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he plays drums too. Well, then there you go, dude. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's that's like a big part of it, and I think a lot of people miss that. Um, when you like look back on stuff, and you're like, why did I end up? where I was or whatever, that passion. Right. There was an influence behind it. Oh, yeah. I wanted to be like my dad. Really? Dad, if you're listening, you know, I wanted to be like you. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my pops too. You met my dad. If you have supportive parents, like that's the, that's such a big, big win. Plays a big part, yeah. So you're busting music. What are you (laughs) busting? Like corridos or? Oh, my God. No, just screamo, hardcore. Are you serious? Yeah. Like full blown? Full blown, dude. <laughs> and uh, it was fun, man. We yeah. played some, we played, I was pretty fortunate to play with like really amazing musicians. Okay. Um, we played at like House of Blues. We did like Pomona Fairplex, uh-huh. the Roxy, Knitting Factory. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it all just, I mean, just the way it played out, going to school, recording my own stuff to landing a pretty solid career, playing music. Yeah. Um, and you went to, where did you go? To, where were you in high school at the time? I went to Shore High School. That's in? Montebello. Okay. OG Busta B. George. Yeah. Were and you, that's, even, were you that's, even Busta B. George back then or were you just George or Jorge? What'd you go by? No. So I was Busta B. George back then too. Really? Yeah. Damn. So... I'll t- I mean, this is this is something that I get asked a lot, and and it's just funny like that we're doing this now, so people will listen and they'll know exactly where it comes from. Uh-huh. So, Busta B. George, you know, obviously comes because of my background in music, right? Uh huh. And I got that name in high school. Okay. And I just happened to make a like an AOL account back in the day when like. Dial up, yeah. Like you call and like, hey, Miko, like you know, <laughs> don't don't be on the phone or, or don't get online because I'm on the phone. Yeah. Dial up, dial up days. 
And I ended up making that username, Busted B. George. That was it? That was it. And it just stuck with you? It stuck with me, dude. It like, till, till today. This <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like, like 20, 20 plus years ago. Not even like, you're going to change it to like Busted Trail or anything. No, just straight dude. Bust a beat, dude. No, not at all. I mean, I had people like suggest me rebranding. Nah. But I was like, dude, like I've had this name forever. Dude, it's the most catchy name. <laughs> like anytime I'm like, hey, who, like people are like, who are you rolling with? And I'm like, George. And like, who am I like, bust a beat? And they're like, bust a beat? Oh <laughs> the hell is bust a beat? And then, then they will always remember, it's like, are you going with Busta? And I was like, yeah, I'm going with Busta. They know it, yeah. <laughs> High school for easy supplies. Like that's how I came up with the name, but it was just something I came up with. Right. And uh, it just forms as you want it to form. Yeah. You know, you can become whatever you want it to become. Mm -hmm. But if you have that name and from your homies to your family, <laughs> it everyone, sticks to you. Yeah, it sticks. And it's funny that you mentioned it earlier because um, if you ever go on my channel uh -huh. and you go way down like Rabbit 2007, hole. six, maybe even three, uh -huh. you'll see like I see I applied my musical background and like my school stuff. Uh-huh. And everything that I played, like all those videos that I did while playing drums, it was super sick. They were all like mastered and mixed by me. Oh, wife beater, and I had long hair, like a colita. <laughs> you did? Oh no, dude! <laughs> that was a phase. You went through the the typical long hair phase then. Yeah, I think you did too, though. Oh, you saw that? <laughs> you you enjoyed? Or right, you and uh, Daniel freaking love that picture? It's a picture of of Jaime. And he's holding an American flag with like long hair. <laughs> I was in New Zealand. It was sick. We took a helicopter to the top of a, a glacier, landed it, and then we we're just gonna take a photo. And then I tell my my boy, "Hey, check this out." And he's like, "What?" And I take my shirt off and I pulled out an American flag. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, okay, so the the part that's interesting for me when I look at like your background, because like your dad plays drums, mm -hmm. you ended up playing drums. You fell in love with music. You took it serious like you do most stuff. And I feel like that's a big um, like nod to your personality. And your work ethic is like you like something, but you, you take it as like, you take it serious. So from you going from the music, how long did you ride that wave until, you know, your next adventure necessarily? Uh, I think when it was time to grow up. <laughs> And that was like at like 23. Okay. Actually. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's what, I, that was a reality check or something? Pretty much. Yeah. Like my parents are like, hey, dude, like you're going on these tours and you're coming back and, and you're broke. Because I mean, <clears throat> technically we, would, we were surviving off, we were, you know, whatever we made. Yeah. So that's when I decided it was, it was time to pivot and do something else that would bring some type of steady income okay but you were but that's the crazy part you were telling me stories about it back on the day on the road like you guys would get paid yeah you guys would get like you you, you played warp tour yeah um what else did you play you we, pomona you said yeah um, we, we did all the all these all the the venues like most of the venues here in california and just all over can you can you still find the music online yeah Still? Yeah, you can still find it. What, what was it called? Uh, Pathwalker. I was in different bands. Pathwalker. There's another band that was local. Tried for Victory. Pathwalker? Path. Path. Pathwalker. Okay. Pathwalker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds scary. I know. But it was hardcore punk shit, huh? Yeah, it was hardcore and it was from the heart. It yeah. was like, 
everybody was depressed and like making all this music <laughs> screaming their lungs out but hey people loved enjoyed it. it and they could relate at the yeah. time you know yeah that's uh that was a big what year was that this was like 2007 2008 like the emo years i was gonna say that's like prime emo years yeah. right yep and that i mean yours was probably way more hardcore but that was like when k-rock was on it's like high like hiatus yep. for that that era right k-rock i think even MTV at the time. I mean, all these, everybody was trending with that type of music. Did you ever play it on the radio? Unfortunately not. What? <laughs> Never? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. At least I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't catch it. <laughs> <laughs> then you, you I mean, your parents, did your parents listen to your stuff? My dad, I mean, my dad listened to like all this like heavy metal when he was younger. Really? So he, he was able to appreciate, my mom thought it was like, aggressive like music musica del diablo yeah, stuff, yeah. <laughs> typical <'cause laughs> yeah. hispanic mom yeah yeah yeah. i remember playing my bench sevenfold <laughs> back in the day i thought it was the sickest music and she was like this is some devil music turn this shit off and i'm like you don't get it <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that's the that's the vibe right there yep growing up in a latino household it is man uh so both your parents are hispanic right hispanic yeah okay uh, both uh immigrants um I mean, not anymore, but they came as immigrants and, yep. uh, yeah, that's, that's that. Yeah. I, I think there's uh there was another thing we clicked on cause there's so many like funny jokes when you grow up in the Latino Hispanic culture. Right. That you just, <laughs> you just, you, if you know, you know, kind of, you know, you know, man. Yeah. So it's, it's fun to kind of banter off those jokes when we're together. Yep. Um, okay. So let's say. 23 years old, mm -hmm. your parents looked at you and they're yep. like, dude, Jorge. Get it together. <laughs> What's up, Doc? <laughs> and this is, you already finished your, your, your time at Citrus College, right? You were yeah, we, we, yeah, I was done. And um, I started, I, yeah, I started a small business. Okay, let's jump into that then. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, in a, in, a, in a sense, you were an entrepreneur by mixing and selling, you were trying to sell your band. Your whole your whole group were small business owners pitching themselves to a record label. Right, right. You don't get paid. No one ate until, you know, they got their payout. That's correct, yeah. No one was giving you money throughout the whole time until you guys made it happen for yourselves. Mm -hmm. So you had that background, and you took that same mindset, and you transitioned in an, in an almost an entirely different pivot mm -hmm. into technology, right? Right. And it was phones at the time. Yeah. And the name still worked. Yeah, it was uh, it was Bust and Repair. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm glad you never you never owned a strip club. I know, right? Bust a nut. <laughs> bust a nut. <laughs> George. Bust a George. Everything was everything bust. was Busta or Bust. <laughs> okay, so then you went to Bust and Repair. Right. Yeah. So that that was. Uh, you know, I was working for AT&T for a little bit uh -huh. and uh, I basically, you know, dealt with people coming in okay. like saying, hey, uh, my phone's broken. Can you fix it? And, and what we, year What year was this now? This was like 2003, like right out, right after. 2003. 2003, I would say it was like almost at the hiatus of the iPhone, right? I think it was like, I remember fixing, the first phone I fixed was an iPhone 3G. Okay. So that was everyone... You know, all the youngsters, all the teenagers had iPhones. Yeah, and I that could shit be was wrong. Broken all the freaking time. Yeah, pretty much. 
2003? No, that was like the first gen, No, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, I'm I'm mixing it up. Okay. So, I graduated 2007. From? I was thinking... Citrus? Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. That was high school. You graduated high school 2007? 2007. Okay, yeah, 2003, I'm like, damn. No, no, no. I think I was thinking 23. But yeah, graduated high school 2007, 2007, 2009... 2009 out of Citrus. So that would put me at 20, 23. Yeah, I think 23 was, yeah, I think the iPhone 3G, 3GS. So that's, that's 2011, almost 2010. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you're you're definitely in the, the mix of everyone had iPhones in their pocket. Right, right. And every freaking buddy broke their screen. That was like the number one thing Right. was broken iPhone screens. And I noticed that because you I worked. Notice that? I worked. I mean, I worked at AT and T. Crazy. So did they repair shit at AT and T? They didn't. Damn. Yeah, so you saw the opportunity right there. Yeah. There was no. There was no insurance at the time. You broke your phone. You had to buy a new one. Uh huh. So what I did is I started sourcing parts, and repairing them on the side. Okay. And eventually, what happened is I was so busy fixing phones. Uh huh that I made a decision to quit my job and it just got do that. that busy. Yeah. It got really busy. Damn. That is, that's insane. And would you, um, at this point, did you set up yourself as like an actual business? Like were you bust to bust and repair or were you just like, Hey, my name is George. If you need your phone fixed, let me know. And here's my card as George and my phone number. So yeah, pre- yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I made little business cards. Yeah. And I would slang them at the store. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> you had the clientele, clientele in yeah. your pocket. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know what? Like, don't buy a phone. I can I can fix it for you after hours. And I would just give my card out. And then eventually it just snowballed. That's how that's how that business started. Like that that's like the simplest and purest form is of business. And if you and, uh, people that listen to us understand when we talk about like how to start a business mm-hmm. or when. You just look at a, an opportunity, right? And if there's an opportunity present, then you are there to fix a certain problem. Mm-hmm. And by becoming a solution is how you get your clientele, and you just continuously bring good feedback to your clientele, mm-hmm. and they're stoked, and they just word of mouth, and now you have a business. That's right. It's know. you know because back then, if you would have said, "I'm just to make phone cases because I see everyone buy a phone," it's like there's a million phone cases out there. Yeah, but everyone's coming back with a broken screen. And so where the hell did you get your parts? At the swap meet? <laughs> no, pretty much. <laughs> Actually? Um, I think, yeah. Yeah, why not? I'm not going to lie. So the first... the oh, well, first. I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't have the business anymore, so it's not a big I know. deal. But it also gives people a, an understanding. It's like, how do, where can you source your parts? You figured it out yourself. Yeah, so I, I sourced them at, at, at swap meets. Uh-huh. I would go to downtown. And uh, eventually... Downtown LA. Downtown LA. Which is the hub for all that shit. It was. But what had happened, this is the key. This was like... A key how, component of it? Yeah. I bought a big order in bulk. Okay. And I was able to find the vendor the, overseas. Oh. So, so you found the OG plug. Yeah. You weren't going to the kiosk mm-hmm, plug. Mm-hmm. So you got the best price possible. The best price possible. And I think that opened up the door to get better quality products or parts. Cause at a better price. At a better price. Yeah. 
And and this is your what, 24, 25? I'm 24, 20, 23, going into 24. I did it for about nine, I'm sorry, I did it for about eight years. Maybe 10 years plus. I'm trying to remember the story correctly yeah. here. I mean, you don't have to tell it like <laughs> verbatim, you know? Yeah, so, so, yeah, so people would come in with a broken phone, yeah. right? And technically every phone provider would make people buy new phones because there is nobody that would Fixed. really fix it. Yeah. So after that business became um, a business, I decided, okay, you know what, dude? Like there has to be a way to grow this, you know? Yeah. Like in a legit way and, and not like just do it from home or like... And not just waiting because that's another thing too. You were waiting. Waiting for walk-ins, yeah. And that... Technically. It's kind of like online sales. Yeah. You're kind of waiting, you yeah. know, for that phone call or, or, you know, and sometimes what happens is that I would get busy and I get that phone call. I got to go back home or whatever. So what I did uh -huh. is I targeted authorized dealers. See, this is, at the this mall. is the shit right here at the mall. Yes. And, and when you're an authorized dealer, I mean, you're just an authorized dealer of the company you're working for. Mm hmm. Um, so I would tell him, Hey dude. And I think at the time already, there is a company by the name of Asurian that would fix phones. It okay. would, it was like, it would take a week for them to get that phone back. So I started targeting these kiosks, author yeah, authorized dealers at the mall, little kiosks or not. They could, I'm sorry. I keep saying kiosk, but it could, it could be other shit. It can be like a little 10 by 10 store in yep. the mall. It can be whatever. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And I would talk, I would go up to the owner and be like, hey, dude, you know, this is my name. My name is George Fernandez. I uh -huh. own this company. And by then, my cards were a lot nicer now. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And uh, my business cards were a lot nicer. Okay. So. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> did you have your face on them? No. <laughs> um, they said Gillet. <laughs> Gillet. <laughs> Sponsored by Gillet. Um, so anyways, um. Yeah, so I would, I basically would pitch the idea of me fixing their phones in bulk. Mm -hmm. And um, that ended up being probably the smartest move I ever did. Okay. Because instead of, like you said, waiting for a client to come in or send me a text to fix your phones, I would get 50 phones at pickup, go home, fix them all, and then I would get that instant, pro instant yep. profit that same day. Yep, because you would, you, they would already have the running list. You would go to, let's just say, five or so authorized dealers mm -hmm. every week and two weeks or whatever. Yep, every Wednesday. You presented yourself very um, legitimate, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm George, this is what I do, this is my business, and this is the number or whatever. This is what we already do. Like, we're yeah. established, you know? Um, and so at your, I would say your peak, what would you say was like the the number of uh, authorized dealers you were coming in as bus to be and helping out? We had about 18. I, I, I did work with a few friends <laughs> yeah. that would that were also repairing phones. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just when you are a business owner, it's always hard to give work to somebody else. Not because you don't want to share the wealth, but because you have your name. Yeah. Like your you name is on the line. I mean, a lot of times when it comes to small business, so there's small business, there's medium businesses, and no. I think both times the, the the hardest part to break and do like a large business is just trusting the people that you're working with that yeah. they're going to carry the same name over. 
And uh, so 18. And every Wednesday you would go around. would go around. Pick up. Did you ever write contracts with them? Like you cannot work with another repairman? I didn't, no. Okay. But so. I did have like one year, two year contracts with certain authorized dealers. Okay. Um, and I think So you put them in contract? Put them on contract, yeah. Damn. So you, I think that was probably, I mean, that's, it's, it, it was a big, like, it was a big step yeah. to like get them on a contract. Yeah. Because if you lock them in for two years, you can just uh, estimate two years of um, consistent revenue. Right. And a client at mm -hmm. least. Mm hmm. Um, so that was bust and repair. That was bust and repair. And how, so you're at this point, you're like 25, right? 25, 28. 25. Yeah. I, I sold it when I was. So you sold, that's right. You sold bust and repair. Yeah. So, yeah. So I ended up, I mean, it was legit business, man. Like I, I took emails. I, I would, I would give them a card and get their email, their phone, what they did. Yep. So it's like, I knew exactly who they were. Yep. Um, and when Receipts. I sold my business, I was able to sell that as a package. Okay. To the next guy. Yep. Like <laughs> receipts, Every, info, everything. Your your yearly earnings, everything, um, and your contacts. And my overseas contacts, yeah. So and overseas contacts. Yeah. I gave them the whole entire thing, everything that I use, whatever product I had, everything. He he took everything. Is this pre Alibaba? This is pre-Alibaba, yeah. Alibaba changed the game, though, huh? Yeah, it did. Because now, if you hop in to get a product made... Everything is there. Everything. At your fingertips. And shipping. Yep. Kind of mind-blowing, huh? Yeah, back in the day, it was it was really hard. Oh, yeah. You mean you're literally emailing people from China, which is at a whole different time zone... Yeah, like and 10, 10 p.m. You'd be emailing in like in the middle of the night, di uh, deciphering what the hell they even are trying to. Because you know they they speak English, but it's broken. It's broken. Yeah. Um. Damn. So kudos to you on that one. Let me give you a little bit of. <laughs> I do feel I do feel like a lot of times people do forget that the internet and apps and. Um, like Shopify and Squarespace and all these things like change the game because back then there was excuses, right? Mm -hmm. But there's literally no excuse now. Like you, you've heard of drop shipping? I have, yeah. That shit blows my mind. It's mm -hmm. not as big now because I think people just caught on to it. Yeah. You know, it, so many videos and stuff went viral kind of breaking down the wall of like what drop shipping is and mm -hmm. why it's not good and blah 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 it's trash but people were making like millions of dollars back then just connect connecting a shopify to an aliexpress yep selling bullshit yeah like coasters or and just doing like a cool marketing instagram ad and boom just pumping up dollars you know oh yeah um but you weren't doing that and you were putting the work to get those contacts yeah so yeah, I wasn't doing that. And even now, like with my business, I've applied the same mentality. mentality. So I don't drop ship no. at all. No. Like everything is in stock. Yep. Um, and I think that's very important because sometimes when you drop ship, you don't have control over anything. Yeah. It can be, you can have a 10, 10 month lead time and you have no, you have nothing to tell your customer. No. You know. It's the hardest thing. Yeah. How did you end up figuring out the outdoor space? Because that bridge to me 
is like the biggest mystery i think right yeah that's a because that's a big jump from like hardcore punk music to um tech like trying to get maybe a little more corporate and then you you know it branched out to going full send on tacoma off-road camping life is there was there a past connection for you yeah right yeah so so i grew up um going out to big bear lake arrowhead um all the local lakes um we would go fishing out towards like long beach san pedro and my dad played a big part in that so technically that's where it comes from um you know i dude i remember fishing every day of the week Uh like my dad would get out of work and we would go to like long beach and just hang out till like 10 uh-huh. and then we would do it the next day and then on the weekends we would go camping so just you and your pops the whole family oh the whole squad yeah so my dad my mom my brother okay um and i think that was the foundation of how that passion sparked up again yep um, kind of brought you back to the original times of you and your pops and your brother and fam, right? Yep. And then even, even too, like just documenting it, uh-huh. like through video, uh-huh. my dad used to do that too. Shut up. Yeah. So really? We ha- yeah. We have tons of footage, dude. Oh, like OG family footage? OG family. I think that was a Hispanic thing. I don't know, but. Yeah, we had that, but not yeah. camping. Yeah. So I wish we could show you guys, but yeah, there is like so much footage of us like you know like camping cooking playing with rocks or like fishing uh-huh. so i think now um that i see or, or when i started the channel when i i saw i would see that footage and i wanted to replicate it for future generations to enjoy just yep. like i did yep so i love that i think like if you think about when we get older and uh, the, the the role that we have on YouTube and Instagram and content, like, dude, I take my camera anytime I go on a trip. Yeah. And I document it more than most of my friends. And yeah. not to the level of you do, because when you make a video, it's a full documentation of from start to finish. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like iPhone, uh, photos, yeah. stories, and then images. So it's going to be pretty amazing when, let's say, you get to... You know, Thalia, which by the way, you have your first kid, which is damn. It's pretty, pretty nuts. Is it pretty nuts? Yeah. That's I sick. mean, it's a great feeling, but it's just crazy. It's amazing though. Yeah. She's super cute. So you're going to take, imagine when they get older and you're like, see dad, like my dad used to camp and you have like, you know, your full YouTube, all this content. Everything is documented. Yeah. So you, I'm glad to hear that because yeah. I feel like a lot of times when we see people get a little older. And you ask them how they got into it. Not everyone, but there's always that little hint of like, yeah, I used to do it when I was a kid. So I just like felt, it felt normal to do it again. Yeah. There was something in me that like wanted to go do that stuff again. Yeah. It was, it's, it's like in my DNA. Yeah. That, deal. That's, that's cool. So there was always like exploring local stuff like Big Bear, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Right? Ne- never like what I do now. Yeah. But we were always out and about. Yeah. Like. And it was always like outdoors. I mean, if I could go back, my dad used to have a Jeep Comanche. Oh, the the back in the day, the, yeah. the OG Jeeps? The OG Jeeps. So when we would go out, we would be in the camper just yep. bouncing around while we went to 
Big Bear. Uh-huh. Um, he never really um, fixed it up like the way I do it uh-huh. or people nowadays. But he, you know, he has some type of mechanical background. And I think uh, he's always aimed for that, like, muddy tires or, like, stuff yep. like that. So. so you saw it. You got the Jeep Comanche. Those things are sick. <laughs> They're pretty dope. I'm, I'm kind of sad he sold it. Yeah. I can't. I mean, I think at some point, Jeep will probably release another line of Comanches. I would hope. Yeah. I don't know if they will or not. What do you think of the Gladiator? Would you drive a Gladiator? I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, the only time I think I've seen a cool Gladiator, it's if it's on like 37s, then it's like, all right, this thing's pretty badass, you yeah, know? Yeah, they're pretty dope. But stock off the lot, I don't know about that. <laughs> what do you think? Mm, no. If you had a, if you had your next build, where would you go? Possibly a Tundra. Yeah? A new Tundra. So full size versus your midsize? A full size, just because I have a kid now, and I want the wife and the kid to be comfortable. Yeah, I can see that. Um... I'm really excited about the next build you're going to be doing. I mean, do you want to talk about it or do you want to hold off until you reveal what you get? So, yeah. So, I just, uh, I pulled the trigger on a uh, a Suzuki Samurai. Yep. Four-wheel oh, drive. Four-wheel drive, front and rear lockers. Yep. Um, very, very raw, like, looking car. Just uh-huh. old school, Japanese, classic, but a very capable one. Yeah. So... Yeah, I was able to acquire that from my father-in-law's brother, which is yeah. the original owner. And it's in, it's in really good shape. Yeah. Because Arizona, there's not gonna, it's not going to rust or anything like that. That's right. Damn. So that's going to be uh, coming up soon, and I think that's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun build. Yeah, I think this the, the Samurizer, <laughs> that was like the same, that's the same era as the Jiminy, but then we, we don't even have the Jiminy here, right? The Suzuki uh, no. Jiminy versus the Suzuki Samurai are very similar in style. Very similar, yeah. Yeah, those are, those are. I mean, dude, those are sick. When you first got your truck, right, and it felt like a final click, mm-hmm. how did how did holding the camera in front of, like, essentially in front of your face, that's what vlogging is. And you're very much, like, in tune with the moment, storyline in your head, talking to the camera. Yeah. Um, and I know you had videos in the past of you fishing and doing stuff like that on YouTube. So it wasn't always only Overland Adventures. It was, you know, you doing your normal life. But how did you transition in to say, I'm going to start doing vlogs. This is what I, this is my life. And this is how I'm going to play it into YouTube. Like, was that just a, a random thought in your head? Yeah, believe it or not. It really? Was, yeah, I just started. So my goal was just to document it for like myself uh-huh. just to document it just like i was telling you earlier like my dad documented it for he everything he did was for us to uh, see uh-huh. well i had the same mentality and then i had the smart idea to well it wasn't really a smart idea i was just <laughs> like i was just like i'm just gonna put it i'm just gonna post it on youtube okay and uh and then eventually you know i got my first view uh-huh so and then the first comment and i remember one of the first comments was like hey dude like that video helped me and that's when i it kind of clicked to me okay if i'm helping somebody i'm just going to keep doing this uh-huh um but at the same time it was always just to document like what i was doing yeah to see the progress yeah of what i was doing and you and you saw it too because even you even admitted too was like the original gear you had um the original storytelling 
everything like it was good but you've gotten way better hmm. and that's like a natural thing that i think a lot of us need to understand and we try to understand is like when you start is never going to be as good as when you finish yeah and you're not even finished yet <laughs> right like do you think no. you're gonna finish youtube in the next year i don't think so not at all this is what i plan on doing for uh hopefully for the rest of uh what however you can yeah however you can i think i think that's the right move it's good because it feels very synergistic hmm. what you have you know you're building this like little ecosystem where you have viewers you have your content uh and then you have your e-com store so yep. you sell what you believe in mm-hmm. um and from you someone watching your video they can go i'm gonna follow him on instagram from instagram i'm gonna you go check out his web store and it's just like this little you're building like again the ecosystem is is massive yeah and uh, i think if you can just keep building that like that's a home run dude yeah it's been it's pretty crazy how it all played out and the audio engineering from back in the day (laughs) did that help out in when you started doing youtube stuff it did because you know we we all use these uh pretty cool programs Uh like adobe premiere and uh you know, transitions from music to from scene to scene. I mean, from having very clear audio using top of the line mics. I mean, that's all stuff I already knew. Uh-huh. Um, so I just simply just applied that. And then as far as the business aspect of it, um, I was able to apply what I learned yeah. with Bust and Repair. Uh-huh. Um, and In terms of making the connections for your e-com store and correct, yeah. buying product and stuff. Yeah, and it's a lot easier now with social media. Yeah, um, you can get in contact with the marketing people or the B two B people Quickly. much easier. Yeah, yeah, than than what it was before. Yeah, that's uh, a little a little bit. Of everything kind of follows you from your past, right? Yeah, I was yeah. just talking to someone yesterday that they they've known me since I was like eighteen, seventeen years old, right? And I've been doing easy for so long, but it's just consistency. Like it was not. It's not what it is when I started. But if I would have just gave up and just not been consistent, just consistently putting shit out there, whether it was yeah. like Instagram post, pictures. Mm, I mean, as far as YouTube goes is just when it starts growing, uh-huh. like you feel like you have to be consistent. Yep. Like you just have to like deliver every time. Kind of looms over your head. Huh? Yeah. And the same thing applies with the business aspect. It's like you have to be on top of it. You can't slack off. This whole YouTube thing, I'm and I'll say it again, it just the way it unfolded, it was pretty nuts. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, I was able to apply what I had already learned. Yep. Um, and it's become fruitful. <laughs> you good over there? <laughs> I'm getting a little nervous, guys. Why are you getting nervous? <laughs> <laughs> so I have, I have a thing where like I like touch my shirt a lot. <laughs> and every time I do it, G's like, hey, uh, are, you, are, you, are you good? Are you nervous? <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm sweating. Uh, that's funny, dude. And I've seen it. Like, I was just in that video with you and Anza. Yeah. That shit popped off, and it wasn't even, like, a big viewership for you. Mm-hmm. Would we get, like, 22,000 views? And that's not a lot, but I'm like, 22,000 people saw us act a fool on camera. And the comments, dude. Yeah, I think we got we got more comments and views. I, I'm just no, exaggerated, no. but we have the feedback, the feedback, and and <laughs> and just the the comments were like, that's what it's all about. Like that you, part you, would trip me out. If you read them, it's like, dude, like people are get inspired. Like George, I, you know, I've been watching your videos for four years, and 
I can't wait to get out there and just like shit like that where you're just like, dude, I'm a normal dude posting a video of our adventures and the videos are really good. Yeah, thanks. But people are like, like watching these videos to get inspired to do what they want to do, you know? Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's the crazy part. That's that's the part that will never get old. I mean, when somebody comments that and it's like, hey, dude, like you said, we, you inspired me and my family to get out. Yeah. And I'll say it again, it all goes back to when I was a kid. Yeah. And like, my, I think someone inspired my dad to do that. For sure. And and the fact that I can bring that to the table and inspire somebody else, it's pretty nuts yeah. to me. It's crazy. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Do you ever feel like there's a reality check where you're like, this is um, like a lot of pressure? I think now it's just... Not anymore. I think now I'm just basically just riding the wave um, and doing what I love. And and, I mean, just taking every comment, whether it's negative or positive and just like mean. When I'm listening to you talk about YouTube, Mm -hmm. I feel like it sounds like a very easy thing. Like you go out there with your GoPro and your camera and you record your trip which we all want to go on camping trips. I mean, we fucking love camping. Yeah. You post it, you know, you, you go on Premiere, everyone can learn on Premiere on like YouTube and Mocos, right? And then it's boom, done, you upload it on YouTube and you're going to get comments, you're going to get likes, you're going to get follows, you're going to get like, you know, sponsors, you're going to get a following. Is that is that how it works or is a lot more shit on the back end that you've done to make it a reality? Oh yeah, dude, there's, there's a lot of work that goes behind it. Um, and I think people like yourself, people like Daniel and other people that have gone out with me, um, know that there's a lot, you have to sacrifice. Sometimes you do have to sacrifice a little bit of the fun mm-hmm. to bring something back. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause you, um, you can see your mind running when you're out there. Yeah. Cause you're thinking of, you know, thinking outside the box, the shots, the B-roll, everything, capturing key moments that technically represent um the experience the experience yeah um but i've learned to be able to do both sometimes depending on how technical the video or the shot is and then i'll lose track of what's going on and i'll film it yep uh but yeah i mean a lot of work goes into it you're talking about you know 48 hours on the field and filming um no just just out like let's say a weekend warrior trip okay you know you're out there 48 hours 60 64 hours on your own time on your own time no dime too oh yeah i'm sorry yeah because no one's sponsoring the trips for us yeah nobody is you know and that's what we've talked about in the past episodes with kingston it's like when we go for content or Mm -hmm. whatever like we take these trips as business trips because we have to come back with some reality of expectations that we're hopefully going to be propelling ourselves with whatever product we're releasing video mm-hmm. like you knew you even apologized to me before we started the trip it's like it's fine like this is yeah. this is the part you're creative and that's i mean you saying that i mean thank you for being so understanding this is why i sometimes i'm very hesitant to go with different people yeah because i don't want to ruin somebody's um experience or somebody's um time yeah wait i don't want to ruin yeah i don't want to ruin someone's time i don't want to yeah i don't want 
I don't want to ruin somebody's experience. I don't want to ruin somebody's trip or waste your time because we're stopping. But when I travel with people like yourself and people like, or people that are like-minded, mm -hmm. it makes it very easy for me. Yeah. Um, I think it's easier to flow. It's flowing. And I think we're on the same level. Then when we get back, it's like, obviously we have inside jokes now and we have yeah. all this stuff that comes with like a trip. Kill it. Gill it, right? Gill it with a weenie. Like, oh, <laughs> that shit was funny. But, uh, but beyond that, yeah, you know, I got my photos. You got your, you got your B roll, you got your YouTube video, we got our campfire talk started, which we're going to be launching at Expo 2022 together. Um, we have a, pretty much we have a story. We have a story that we uh, we came back and told from start to finish everything mm -hmm. in between what we did at that time. Even, I mean, Daniel didn't take many photos, but he got a bunch of content off of what we did yeah. together because he knew he, that's why he was patient. You know, yeah. Tiny Rig got their content, All You Cab got their content, Total Chaos. MK Lighters. MK Jet Lighters. Oil. Yep, yep. Everyone got their shit. Yeah. So how did you, because I feel like everyone wants to stop when they start like a YouTuber Instagram channel, you know, you start posting, you don't see a lot of traffic, you know, mm. we get like a thousand followers, but you can't break that 5,000 follower mark or whatever. Yeah. Did you, do you, do you have any like tricks or like, what is, what is like the, the end? What was like one of the big realizations for you once you started doing YouTube? There's no tricks. No, no. Like That's you have to put in the work. That's just, that's the bottom line. What does the work mean? You have to go out and do the work. Like you go to the you go out to the field mm -hmm. and you push yourself to work. Just like going to the gym. Yeah. You go and you and if you sit there and you do ten curls and you're like, dude, I'm sore, I'm out. <laughs> like you're not gonna get the, the results. results you want. Yeah. So same thing. Um, same thing applies to the YouTube aspect. Like you have to put in the work. Um, and that's just me, you know. Um, it's funny that you say that, dude. It's just, true, though. Just yesterday, I was filming a video, and I told G, I'm like, dude, you know what? I feel very, very, like, I have no motivation at all. Really? Yeah. And this oh, is... Oh, the, the one... When, when, that was a little bit of a weirder video for you. Yeah. But the same thing. Like, uh -huh. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do anything. Um, and if you do that when you're out filming or doing whatever you're doing, it's just, you're not going to get any results. I feel you. Um, so I don't know, dude. It's, it is tough. Like sometimes you don't want to put yourself out there, take the camera out or sit on the computer and bust out a design, update the website, like basic shit in business. Like the, the shit that sells, like the, the the fundamentals of whatever we do. Yeah. But even when you start forcing yourself to do it and you start actually doing it and it's like four or five hours of work and you look back and you're like, I fucking did it. It's All right, a, I got it's it done. rewarding. It's good, you know? Yeah. It's everything. It's, that's life. Yeah. That is and, literally it. Yep. And even, um, dude, just do that. And you know this because we do it all the time. Do, do it on the field. Uh -huh. Like when you're out camping, it's it's twice as hard. I don't even want to take my camera out. <laughs> I'd rather go in the ice house and grab a beer than grab my camera. Oh my God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you just have to do it. You have to do it and then 
the most rewarding feeling uh-huh. is coming home, going through all the footage, showing the homies the goods and the bads, That's and then sick, huh? and then releasing a video. Yeah, That's the, yeah, I love it. I mean, I even want to do more podcasts like this too, where it's like long format. You know, I feel like sometimes when it comes to storytelling, and that comes in any type of form, audio or video or whatever, like. This, there's never really a good way to start and finish a story. It If the storyline is great, let it roll. Yeah. You know, and that whole trip, it was never forced to stop and start the camera. We were just doing that much shit yeah. and saying so much dumb stuff on the <laughs> camera that it made a good video, you know? Yeah, and sometimes, I mean, you got to be raw. Like We were pretty raw on that yeah, trip. Yeah, I mean, whether it's a good trip or a bad trip, like, it's relatable because everybody that does it yeah they know what's up yeah so that's th- one thing you can expect about Buster B. George for it's always sure. raw <laughs> I'm excited because I, I for you and I although we are I think like freshly building a foundation between our businesses mm-hmm. um, I think I want I do want to leak it on this podcast that 2022 we will be working together at uh, Expo West mm-hmm. so and we can expect a lot of content coming out of that that whole event there. Um, we do have just stuff planned together where whatever people see between you and I in terms of synergy and how we work together, it's going to be the same exact way that you expect that at the booth that we're going to have. Oh, yeah. And the content we're going to be pulling and just this, the same thing, shaking hands and, and doing what we're doing, you know? Yep. So currently with YouTube, it went from... YouTube and Ecom are those your two main your main channels at the moment? Yeah, those are my two for now. Okay. Um I think I have narrowed it down to those two. Uh-huh. To be able to focus. Um just because now, I mean, we have a baby and 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 I want to make sure that she gets the time that she needs. Yep. Um so I do want to focus on those two things. Um that way, you know, it, it has my 100% instead of giving it half and half and I'm over here trying to do something else. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean, doesn't mean that's all I'm going to do for the rest of my life. But, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, I think we, our minds always running and these little ideas always pop out. I know. Uh, but for now, I think those two are, are, are what, solid. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. I mean, I think the entrepreneur mindset, of uh, always just seeking opportunities because once you hit like one or two like solid ideas that actually start making money you get excited and you want to do more right yeah i would say it's the hardest thing to do is focus yeah it is like people want to say what's the hardest part about business and i think focusing oh yeah definitely it's not like sales or relationships i think it's just fucking focusing on one thing yeah and it all plays out i mean the people that are investing at least I'll speak for myself. The people that invested in me to be able to create and be off grid, um, and not necessarily paid, but they are somehow helping out with the build. Like mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I don't sidetrack and also leave them hanging. Yeah. Um, so, which is why I, I've narrowed it down to those two things. Yep. Cause then whatever, whatever type of compensation or partnership that you get, yeah, you have a good playbook and, and what you need to do to, to represent them. Mm-hmm. And most times people come to you because they know what they want and who you are for the certain channels that you promote. You know, people see you, they either find you off of YouTube or 
I don't know, like at a at a uh, event, maybe you know, at the Overland Swap. Overland Swap, <laughs> April twenty twenty two. Next, the third Overland Swap. Let's go, George. You freaking crushed it at the Overland Swap. Dun, 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 dun. This podcast is. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Overland Swap. Overland Swap, the best place to sell your overland and off road accessories, new and used. Now this is so cheesy, bro, <laughs> yeah, but I stop, love it though. Stop. People are going to click off. <laughs> that this one they signed off. You're taking the same fundamentals that made you successful to where you were then into what you're doing now. You know? And I think that that's a, that is who you are. You are not only a hustler, but you are also a creative and um, self-starter naturally. So focusing on those two channels, it's kind of like the sky's the limit for you now. Because... If you think about your phone business, there was kind of a ceiling. How many places could you freaking drive every week? And how many phones could you really do by yourself every week? You know? Yeah. But with YouTube, you put your cell phone. There's no limit. It's really up to up to me. Yeah. You know? Um, how far I wanna take this. Um and how far do you wanna take it? Pretty far. I mean I've given it my all so far. It's just a trip. Yeah. Would you say it's magic? No. <laughs> Would you say it's hard work? It's hard work. There you go, baby. It's hard work, baby. Yep. And that's uh, that's the end of it. You want to be successful. And even if you're not super successful, but you want to be happy and, and be happy with the outcome, you got to just push and work yeah. hard. Yeah. And just, uh, <laughs> and just trust your, your judgment. Yeah. You're going to make some dumb moves along the way for sure. Oh, yeah. I made some pretty dumb ones before. Yeah. We want to take a quick break and say thank you. Thank you for tuning in, whether this is your first episode or if you've listened through almost all 50 of our episodes so far. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, supporting, liking, sharing, telling a friend, and uh, just being on the journey along with both of us. Hell, yeah. So if you want to find out more information on what we do and um, kind of explore beyond the podcast, check out ourlandproject.co we're also easy supplies and our uh roaming lost so check us out on all those outlets but um yeah thanks for listening and we have lots more to come thank you guys here's a better question what was one of the first companies that you ever worked for or with in the in the off-road space like that you were like damn i can't believe they actually reached out to me it has to be front runner Front runner? Yeah. Hell yeah, front runner. Hell yeah, Steve and the whole front runner gang. Yeah, and the funny story is is I when I first bought my rack. Mm-hmm. You bought it full price. No, I bought it off of Craigslist. Oh, you told me this and, and the guy and, <laughs> and the guy had the guy took thought the guy took off the front runner logo. Uh-huh. So I had no clue what I bought. So I was like buying stuff on at like home depot to make my own accessories and it just happens to be that i think it was like instagram or something like that like i ended up seeing the brand frontrunner and i'm like what the heck that looks like my rack and then eventually yes i bought one outright um and everything i bought you know and and in the beginning at the beginning yeah and then Actually, no. You know what's crazy? 
I ran into Steve at Overland Expo a couple years ago. I had no clue who he was. 2018? Yeah. Hey, what's up, man? Like, I watch your videos. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, dude, you know, thanks for watching. You know, like, you know, like, how are you enjoying the show? I was trying to make a conversation with him. You know, yep. that's just... Without knowing who he was. Yeah. And uh, and he's like, yeah, dude, I'm the CEO of Frontrunner. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh... So, dude, I, I got extremely nervous. Anyways, after that show... Um, we connected and he, it seemed, I mean, they were looking from far just seeing everything that I was doing and they had been, they were the first and probably one of the biggest supporters still of the channel. Yeah. yeah. I always, dude, the, the thing that trips me out is like, these guys have gone way just above and beyond, even yeah. outside of this industry. Like Kyle, he's like. I consider him one of my really good homies. He's my boy, yeah. And 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 like he's helped me through some stuff in life that mm -hmm. has nothing to do with the offering. And just like sometimes you meet these key people in your life that are part of the same like industry or mm -hmm. same clique, but they become more than just like you know a B two B person. Yeah. Um. And and that all goes fall. That all that all falls back to like the first company that helped me was Frontrunner, and it's been. These guys have been a blessing for still sure. Still to this day, you guys still work together. Even at X, at the Overland Swap. Oh, yeah. They, he was still there. And every time they would come up to them at the booth, they'd be like, oh, just go see our boy George. He'll sell you whatever you need. Yep. They weren't even taking sales. They were giving all the sales to you, dude. At yeah. the time when when I was trying to be a dealer. Uh-huh. Um, and wait, hold on. Let me see. Yeah, no. At the time when you were becoming an deal, like, authorized dealer with Frontrunner, yeah. They were You're gonna cut it hold on hold on. No, no, no. No, like we're getting listen. So, yo, <laughs> stop, stop, stop. No, no, no. Stop, no, stop. No. Like, hold on. Let me, let me, <laughs> <laughs> um so it's funny that you bring it's funny that you bring up the overland swap because when I first met them and I tried to apply to be a dealer, uh -huh. I was the smallest uh accounts online store? they had yeah because you were only online and was, you still are only online yeah uh -huh. and and then eventually it grew or like hey dude i need like 80 chairs or hey i need no this. you're buying yeah. that many like boxes and chairs from them yeah I'm, i still am but i'm just saying it all it's just like it's just crazy like they the reason why i say that is not to be like prideful mm -hmm. but it's because these guys have invested so much you know, mm -hmm. without even like questioning it. And the fact that I can give it back to them and sell their product because I truly believe in a user product. Yeah. I think that's where like, I'm pretty proud of myself. Going okay. back to the first time you met him at Expo, he went up to you because he recognized you off of what you were already doing. Yeah. And dude, I had like 5,000 subscribers. I knew you, he that's knew. That's still a lot that's on nuts. YouTube though. There's a disproportional advantage on saying like, if you have 5,000 on YouTube, it has the same weight in terms of engagement and followers and just how people actually uh, engage with what you're doing than saying like 50,000 yeah. on Instagram. I would have to agree, yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, that's what, because <laughs> I, I remember you, you, you told me that. Yeah. You were like 10,000 on YouTube is like 80,000 on Instagram. Like there, it's disproportional what the engagement is you're going to get on both platforms. Yeah, it is. And, and man, it's, it's a lot harder. On, on YouTube? YouTube? Oh, yeah. for sure. They Let's... have to like you. They have to like your personality. They have to... It's just it's just not like liking a picture. Yeah. 
It's like liking the person. Yeah, liking the person. I mean, I think a like on Instagram is like a thumbs up. Literally. On Facebook. Yeah. And YouTube. Literally. The subscribe is like, hey, I want to see his next yeah. video. I fuck with his personality. Yeah. That's a really good, valid, very valid point. Because you can follow people on Instagram just to see how nice their photos are. Yeah. But people like on YouTube, if you're not good on YouTube. They'll trash you. <laughs> dude. And it, cause the word spreads quick, you know? Like if they just like they don't have the personality for YouTube, it's like, yo, that fool's channel is whack. Yeah, mocos. <laughs> mocos, dude. <laughs> Straight up. But anyways, <laughs> so sidetracked here. But yeah, thank you, Steve, Kyle, Alyssa. Um, this is the homie Liam. Liam is is my boy. I love Liam's his hair. Gr- he's grinding. He's raised. He's uh, you know what is it called? Climbing the ladder. Yep. He's getting up there. He's Little putting. Up. He's putting in the work. Yeah, you know Kyle's gonna hate me after this podcast because I still haven't sent him any easy beer. <laughs> and he texted me today and I didn't respond yet. Hey Kyle, I drank it all. <laughs> <laughs> True though. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. Just to go back to what we were saying. Um, yeah, Frontrunner was one of the first, and there's been many other companies. Uh-huh. So 2022 uh, is kind of just kicked off. Yeah, right. We have a lot of stuff coming out here. Um, not only with Easy, but for you, dude, you just have a lot of stuff cranking out. You know, more videos, more more stuff with your channel, um, your online site. You have a bunch of exciting new products. You have a lot of new partnerships as well. Yeah. Um, so last minute plugs. I just want to, I want you to just tell people about everyone kind of knows you, but I want to tell people like what you actually have coming in the pipeline, you know, give it, give them that love. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, let's, let's, let's bring, you know, just, I want to thank everybody that's been a part of this build and just what I'm, you know, working for and, and, and the vision, you know, people like Toil Tires, Pelican, Front Runner, Regal Fabrication, C4. I mean, there's just so many vendors. I wish I could name them all, but I'm going to try my best. Uh-huh. You know, we have Goose Gear, Alucab. Um, we have Showstoppers. Yep. You know, these guys have definitely played a big part on my growth. And, and, and Chuck, man, this guy has been a huge mentor, a mentor for me. Um and uh, man, there's just so many companies, man. Casey Highlights, um, The Medic. Man, dude, I'm blessed. Yeah. You know, it's been a, a very successful um, last couple of years. I mean, yeah. these companies have definitely embraced what I'm doing. Um, and then, you know, we have a new collaboration with MK Lighters. Which is, I'm very excited <laughs> for that one. Because it's something that you're bringing this to everyone. Yeah. You know, you. this is a company like no one ever really has seen before. Yeah. Um, unless like you are in that life of, you know, flammables and lighters and stuff right, like that. Right. But um, do you want to speak a little bit on that one or? Yeah. So recently I connected with um, a company by the name of MK Lighters um, and uh, we were able to collaborate and bring an outdoor series um, of lighters, like a yep. series of lighters. Um, and then one of those is an actual collaboration between both of us, Busted George X, MK Lighters. And uh, it's basically bringing a lighter, uh, but at the same time, it's it's just an, an easy essential or just it's it's just an essential that you can bring with you. 
You know, um, every time we go camping, we always bring a lighter. Yeah. Guarantee. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, they're, they're local to us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, these guys have definitely been a blessing and, uh, yeah, the blessed be George and, uh, MK lighter collaboration. I mean, that's, that's coming out like next month. Mm-hmm. So you guys can definitely stay tuned for that. That'll be at, uh, at Overland Expo. Oh, boom. And you know, what's crazy too, is that, so I, I came out with the pit. Yep. You guys haven't heard of the pit. So it's basically a, a contained fire pit, um, that, you know, it's a fire pit. And now to have a lighter. Well, it's not a, just a fire pit. It's propane powered fire pit. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it's pretty badass. We used it when we were in Anza. Things <laughs> Thanks. sick. Thanks man. You gave me one too. Damn. Sponsored by Blessed Be George. Let's go. No, but yeah, to be able to, you know, to make that product and, and, uh, just happens to be that I'm collaborating with a lighter company. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty cool, dude. Yeah. It's been, it's been, it's been fun. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, we, we have the Overland Expo coming up. Yep. Dude, that's going to be huge for us. Campfire talks. Campfire talks. If you guys haven't seen that on my last second to last video, but we're going to have a very similar layout where we're going to have some segments, people coming in and talking about their story. And, uh, I mean, if we have time, I would want to hear your story. If you want to come down and tell us your story, that'd be dope. But My story? No, like, I'm saying, I'm like, I'm talking to, not you, dude. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, you know my story. That's <laughs> <laughs> because I'm looking at Jaime in the eyes. <laughs> I know, I'm like, what? <laughs> no, but, you know, I'm talking about, like, maybe, maybe somebody that truly loves the outdoors and wants to come and share their story with us and like i would really want to hang out and chill yeah i think that's going to be i mean for anyone anyone that follows your channel it's going to be such a cool segment that you have all your excursions and what you're doing yep and on the side of it dude you have all these you have you're essentially building your own platform of like interview systems yeah in a good casual setting yeah hit it hard dude and also i want to thank nomad for had for having us yeah i'm excited i'm not i'm not too sure when we're going to release any information with them yet um but yeah that's going to be a good just be on the lookout for that name we don't know what it is yet but just be on the lookout for the name it's going to be good in my opinion i'm 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 freaking very excited to be working with this brand yeah but we don't know what it is yet so dun 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 wow Wow. no you didn't ruin it you freaking gave him that what (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. but yeah man we have we definitely have some pretty awesome things coming up um if you haven't tuned in and you haven't came out to the overland swap oh yeah um you know i'm always there i've been there for the past two events and and you can definitely be expecting me to be at the next one come hang out um, it's a great event. You know, people are cool as hell. You get to see different vendors that you might be supporting. And at the end of the day, you're supporting also Easy Supplies and Squirrel Concepts and small family-owned businesses that yeah. are truly pushing hard. Yeah, I love that. I love I love that event, dude. Yeah. It's just so anti-commercial. Yep. You know, we just uh, bring bring as many cool small brands as we can together. Mm-hmm. Um that sometimes like they need that extra push at the month, you know? And by us being able to do it once a quarter is big because, you know, 
being able to bring half your store or damaged goods and it bring in X amount of money for them a month, like that goes a long way for these brands, you know? Oh yeah. So definitely. I'm excited for that event. I'm 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 proud of us and I'm proud of you for being so um so present and and uh supportive of it too. It's been huge that you're super supportive of it. Yeah, man. I support you and everything that you do and, and now I mean like now that I know the guys at Squirrel Concepts, I love what they're doing. The homies, huh? Yeah. So so I'll support you guys all day, every day. Yep. Yep. With whatever you do. So twenty twenty two, that's gonna be a big year. I think uh we say that about every year, but going back to your original point, like just consistency is so key. Yep. So if you feel like this hasn't been your start of the best year ever. Just be consistent. You never know. It could I mean, we've all seen it, especially you and I, like those months where it's like, where did that come from? That was the sickest send ever. Yep. That just landed in my lap, you know, <laughs> but it didn't. It's just because you were consistent about it. Yeah. You worked hard for it and, and, uh, people see it. People yeah. see people, even if, you know, they don't tell you, people see it from far and, yep. and eventually a key player will see it and they will, they will help you grow that vision or whatever you're trying to do. Yeah, I agree. What I about agree. you? Any, any last minute plugs? Ooh, that's a good one. Flip the it's, tables a little bit, huh? It's uh, it's all bust a beat, but now uh, easy. Busting easy. Um, <laughs> that's pretty good, huh? <laughs> no, I mean, for us, I, I, I think being at Expo 2022, is it's a it's a really pivotal moment for us. Yeah. Um, just to be able to come and hang out at our own campsite and, and, and just be a part of like what we're doing. Um, I'm, I'm really happy of how transparent we've been lately with like the podcast being on your YouTube channel, just me showing more face of like what easy supplies represents. Yeah. I think it's been a blessing. And then Overland Swap too, like that in itself has been, um, I think something I've been yearning for. I've been Mm. wanting an event that people can come and like kind of get the experience of like what easy supplies is bringing to the table. Yeah. And it's, I don't bring a lot of stuff of my own to sell. I just want to bring people together. Like that's the biggest thing for me. Well, dude, you have a very, so we were at real quick before we end. So I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're going to end soon, but he's kind of kicking me in the leg. Um, (laughs) That's a lie. He's really not. No, No, but, but (laughs) what What happened? But, but you know, like. La- or yeah just last year we were at um overland expo oh yeah um the casey guys asked um if i wanted to have my truck there as a featured vehicle you know with along with singer off-road and uh i mean you have the the v2 coming out yeah well and, it's, so it's out oh it's just being made it's being made yeah no but at the time uh-huh i don't think it was out yet it was like available for pre-sale, but we hadn't placed the actual manufacturer order yet. Yeah. Because we were still ranking up as many pre-sales as we could. Sorry, guys. I don't know the story. No, I mean, that's a, <laughs> it's not a big story, you know. But the reason why I say that is because this year in May, uh-huh. you'll have them. Oh, yeah. And that was like, it, it was crazy to see people were like, hey, dude, I'm talking about last year. Like people were like, hey, do you have that available now? Hey, do you have this in stock? Hey, do you have it for me to buy today? The fact that you're going to have that too. Oh, yeah. It's going to be sick just because I love your product. You're so, official. You're an authorized retailer for us now. I am. Which I'm really stoked for. Yeah. Because so. I think when like you post 
videos together and it's just like yeah just buy this on my website they can literally just go straight directly to you and support your channel yeah um, and it'll be in slot community right away too yep. so that's gonna be neat no no drop shipping no drop shipping for now. I, man i really want to be cool and <laughs> be this drop shipper freaking guru but it's absolute trash oh, it's just like it's it. really hard to be a fucking really good drop shipper yeah it's not gonna happen in my books um no, I, I, that's why I was so gun ho for us in 2022 to really come together and like do mm. something with a brand, with ourselves and just have inventory because you saw it, we, we missed so much opportunity by not having the V2s there to sell. Yeah. We would have freaking gone out and You, you would have sold out the been, first day. Yeah, it would have been a party. But guys, I'm telling you right now, Easy Supplies, George, we are going to be at Overland Expo. You have to swing by and... You know, if you want to support, you can buy a shirt, you can buy a V2, you can buy a pit, you can buy a sticker, whatever it is. MK well, Lighter collaboration. An MK Lighter. But the overall goal, stop by. Say what's up. I'd love to meet you. I'm sure Jaime would too. I'd be stoked. And uh, yeah, you guys are going to be in for a treat. Those segments are going to be sick. It's going to be super good. Almost two hour episode, dude. What yeah, time do you get here? Jeez. Damn. Hey, dude, I'm going to charge you by the minute. Charge me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that have to edit this. <laughs> no, Jaime, <I'm> dude. <laughs> That's messed up. Hey, guys, I don't charge this guy a single time. We just clan on each other. Really we just hard. clan really hard. Um, but... That's yeah. another thing that I've realized too. It's I felt so comfortable when I just <laughs> we know when you were able to dog with me and I understood it. Yeah. You just understand our humor. That's right. And you have to uh, be you have to be able to take some shots. And then also text the homies that are hustling out there, you know. Support them. Yeah. Sometimes this guy will text me and be like, Hey dude, crush it this week or hey, like if you're growing something, surround yourself with people like Jaime. Like this guy will push you to uh go above and beyond. Yeah, I, I, I will always, always be so thankful for the homies that are pushing themselves because that also makes me feel like I need to do something, you know? Mm -hmm. I freaking love it. I love entrepreneurship, and I know you do too. I mean, you were raising a household of two entrepreneurs. Yeah. So you when you get it, you get it, you know? Yep. 100%. That's right. Um, okay, Busted Beat George YouTube, Instagram. Uh, this episode will probably be coming out in the next couple days um if you love this episode share it you know if you want to support the the podcast go to the website go to bustabegeorge.com he has most plugs that people don't have at the moment available <laughs> to ship in real time whether it's is it miso 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 baja. customs baja prince front runner um shit i uh that's all i know shit. available ship quick shipping and it's legit. So, uh, without further ado, dude, thank you so much. No, thank you, man, for having appreciate me. Appreciate you. I appreciate the friendship. A little salut. Salud. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode, Arlanders. Bueno. Load the truck and hit the road. Arland is our home.